0: Super, super honored to be here with each of you. You know, when I see different faces, it brings back so much emotion, so many memories. And for those of you that are new to fullness, uh, briefly uh, married, actually this year, my wife and I, Wendy, who was here a few months ago, I think, with the women's uh, getaway, and we've been married 28 years, which is incredible. I married up. Can I get an amen? And uh, we got married when we were 13. That was legal in South Carolina at the time. So, you can do the math to figure out my age, but um, we have three beautiful kids. I'll actually get to see my daughter tonight. Uh, She's living in Nashville with her husband, her high school sweetheart, and they navigated through those years after high school transition and and ended up getting married and um, are doing amazing up there. Her husband's a business guy, very pastoral as well, and she's leading worship at a church, uh, a church plant actually in Nashville, and just thriving. Our son Jesse, who's now 22, he was serving overseas in France uh, for three years, and it was awesome because he was going into unreached Muslim nations, which was incredible, and just grew so much during that time, and um, he's back home temporarily. And then we have Luke, who's 16, and he's uh, a sophomore in high school and uh, loving playing lacrosse. He's a phenomenal player. In fact, this Tuesday, they'll be taking on uh, Pinecrest, this high-end school for the district championship. So I look forward to watching him play. And we're just loving life, guys. We're having a great time in South Florida. Anytime you're down there, come hang out with us. We'd love to to see you and and, and be with you. Here's what I'm going to do for the time that we have this morning. I want to I felt very strongly instructed, and I actually have never talked on this before, to talk about a memorial for all the generations. And I kind of want to talk about uh, what, I, what I believe to be the cyclical reality of life. Um, oftentimes, you know, we're here celebrating 25 years, and we think that, you know, life is about moving from this point uh, literally, uh, to this point, and, you know, here we now have hit a 25-year mark. And then we've got however many more years forward and for the new ones coming in, you know, a, a whole distant future and, and all of that kind of stuff. But what I've found in, in just my short time here on this earth is that life is more cyclical, circular, uh, with Jesus all up in the center of it. Way more than we realize, way more than we know, way more than we even understand. And, and in this Secular journey, God refers to himself, interestingly enough, as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I think it's really, really important for us to take note of the names of God in the word of the Lord, because there's there's keys there that we can unlock for our hearts as we are journeying through this thing called life. So I want to just read this, and then we're going to jump in. Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, the verse where we see this mentioned the name of God being the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And and God says in verse 15 of Exodus to Moses, you shall say to the children of Israel, so he's asking him to speak to the next generation, the Lord of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has sent me to you. Now look what he says. He says, now this is powerful. This is profound. He says, this is my name forever. So it's not just his name. it's, It's not just you know, a, a seasonal name for God. It's actually his name forever. And then he makes another profound statement. He says, this is also my memorial. In other words, the word memorial there, it literally means like, it's a tool of remembrance to be with you as you're journeying, not literally, but cyclically through this reality called life. Now, Bart mentioned in It was actually September of 2003. I was moving here. um, Graduated from the University of South Carolina, where where I came to know Jesus, and 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 had met and uh, had some favor with the founder of Walmart, Sam Walton. And that was just a that's a whole other story for another time. Richest man on the planet at the time, but super humble guy that became a mentor in my life in the realm of business, and so. Round about my junior year, I, I entered into this kind of executive training program with them and, and then ended up working with that corporation for five years, going out to um, Oregon and opening up new stores and so on and so forth. But anyhow, when Sam Walton passed away, um, in the shift of that within the corporation, I felt a shift in my own life, and it's a long story, but I ended up getting connected um, to the Campbells organization to be a, a sales executive for them, and, and they were going to move me to Birmingham. Now, for somebody that's never been to Alabama, and please forgive me for saying this, man, I thought it was going to be no teeth, no shoes. You know what I mean? Like, kind of, ex- so I was a little, you know, in, just kind of like, oh, you know, family line in a, to a, family tree in a straight line. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, man, it was anything but that. I mean, Alabama is a beautiful place with beautiful people. And and Birmingham, is, I think, just the epicenter of all that beauty, you know, really. I think God has always had his heart on this place and up this big stuff here. So when I pulled into the city, I was like, wow. And we had right over here at Vestavia Park Apartments. I, I did a trip down memory lane this morning, just drove by there. And uh, like Bart said, when I came into the city, I turned the radio to the Christian station. And though Wallace Henley was the reason for the interview, like he, just like he said, Bart was the main object of... The interview, and I loved what was coming out of him. He was bringing so much truth in such a practical yet powerful way that was impacting my heart as I was listening to it. And after looking at the apartment where we're going to live, I discovered that where the church was being started was literally a minute away in that same shopping center over there in town center. So it was a Saturday night, and I, I drove by, not even knowing anything about this guest speaker. And I looked, actually, Bart may not even know this, but I looked in the window. I mean, the place was packed out. It was, there was a hundred, I don't know, it was standing room only for this little place. And I was like, wow, man, they are off to a good start. You know what I mean? And so when I came back in town the next week, we fully moved in. We decided, I told my wife, I said, we got to go to this church. And we walked in. And at the time, I was just on the verge. I was 24 years old. And uh, we were the, I, except for Chris Coon, uh, but how many of you know Chris is like 10 years older than he really is in age? Can I get an amen right there? So I, I, I was like, we're the only 20-year-olds in this church, you know? And it was, like he said, maybe 40 people. I was like, where did everybody go from Saturday night last week, you know? And we were just sitting in there, um, and I'm looking around, and, and there was some old people in the room, you know? They were in their mid-30s. I mean, they were old, old. There was even some 40-year-olds. I was like, wow, you know? Um, so... You know I, you know when you're when, let me just i this is not part of my message, but I, I feel like to say this you know I, I think I think having any kind of expectation and 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 letting that be a filter for us before we sit and hear from god is 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 really can be really dep- detrimental to our journey because you know I was in there processing all these thoughts, and I remember when I just kind of I was like man are we what are we doing are we what is And yet I felt something on this church, and I remember when I sat in just a quiet place with Jesus, he said, Darren, you have permission to go to any church you want to in the city. How many of you know God gives us just free choice in that that kind of way? He's not trying to control us, but he spoke this to my heart. He said, this is where I've called you to be. And I can honestly say that was the best decision of my life and my wife's life in our journey with Jesus, like key, pivotal moment in the journey of God. And I have to say this to give honor where honor is due, like Bart and the, the rest of the elders, Larry, and Chris, TV, now Grant, you know, just the sacrifice, the beauty that they made to come here changed my life and my family forever. The pivotal moment, and Larry may remember this, he was actually supposed to go on a trip to Albania with Bart. Something was going on with business. He couldn't go, and I guess he just felt Holy Spirit say, give that ticket or provide the ticket for Darren to be able to go, where Jimmy was over there ministering, um, helping to get a church going in, in a nation where the gospel had just broken into. Literally, like, like the book of Acts kind of stuff, like no underground church, no gospel witness, Jesus coming into this nation. Jimmy is a spiritual father's over there just pioneering, working with the church, Relingia Church in Toronto. And I get the privilege of traveling with Bart for my first time ever overseas. Now, you got to understand I grew up in Montana where the men are men and the sheep are nervous. Can I get an amen? I mean, I you know, I was green. I I had I had never seen anything like I was about to experience. And I'm, I'm sure Bart was, you know, he had been tra- traveled all over the world. And here I am at every little turn. I'm like, oh my God, you know, just, I'm just so animated. And I'm, whoa, you know, just living this experience. And it was, it was um, for real, a life changing moment that opened up my eyes to have a global perspective on what God was going to be doing in that moment and in the days to come, all around the world, and it wrecked my heart. In fact, while we were there, we were watching um, this kind of—we didn't even know really exactly what was going on. This kind of uh, gathering taking place in the in the mission house that we were staying. There was no hotels at the time. Remember this? There was nothing in the nation. There was one restaurant called Hambo. I remember that, and and we were staying in this mission house. And what was going on was, was there was an a, a Albanian girl that was getting a scholarship to a Bible school. And I'm thinking, at the same time all this is going on, my God, Lord, what, what are you doing with me? I thought I was going to be a businessman for life, and I'm feeling this stirring. I'm feeling like you're up to something in my heart. And right as I'm thinking this, this old lady that's giving the scholarship to the student walks over to me, and she says, young man, I don't know who you are, right? Happened in this mission house, but I feel that you're supposed to go to Christ for the Nations, which was a Bible school in Dallas, Texas. Anyhow, a long story behind all of that, but eventually we transitioned from here down to there, came back on staff, served three years, and just so much of this place has shaped our lives Thankfully, to Jimmy Brookins and the life that he's lived, Bart, and the rest of the elders and the rest of the team, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And to each of you, you know, each of you have played such an amazing part in our lives and in our journey and continue to do, and, and, and I, I'm thankful for it. But here we see God speaking to Moses and talking about this reality of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and he says, listen, listen, if you can grasp the revelation here, this is going to be literally a memorial to all generations on the earth. Like, I'm going to move through this understanding. Now, the thing that I, I did some research on, where God's name, the great I am, or Yahweh, it literally means, and you got to catch this, it means knowing God through experience. Knowing God through experience, not just in you know what I mean? Like you can you can know somebody by name, but there's more to knowing them by name. There's knowing them by experience. That's through like intimate relationship, right? And so even the names of God are designed in such a way where we would they would draw us in to know him by experience, which is what God is talking about here to Moses, this memorial for all generations. In fact. We see in Jeremiah 16, 21, look at this. It says, therefore behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know, and he gives more specifics, my hand and my might. And they shall know, look at this, that my name is the Lord, that my name is Yahweh, that I am the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob. Now, the word no yada means to ascertain or to be certain by seeing, right? So, if you're going to be able to receive something, you first got to be able to perceive it. So, he says, Listen, I'm going to cause you by my grace to know, to be able to ascertain by seeing something. Now, here's the deal God is God. And there is none like him. Nothing could be created or sustained or fulfilled without God. But you have to catch this part that he is revealing himself to the earth and in the earth through people who are having legitimate experiences with him. Would you turn me up just a little bit? I'm kidding. Listen, church, God is God, and there is none like him, but his name is causing us to yada him, to know him, to ascertain or to be certain of something by seeing, by experiencing him in a very real way. And when we experience something, when we encounter something, we thus then begin to reveal his name to the earth through our lives. Are you all following me? So thus we can see the eternal memorial has been set in place in the example of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through the multi, and you got to catch this because I feel this so strong over this house, through the multi-generational, transformational engagement in the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like, please hear me. There's such a longing in my heart, and we're even feeling this down at the harbor as well. Like, God, it's awesome that you're encountering whatever generation, and that maybe by your grace there's engagement and connection to the next generation. But what would it look like if we could see a multi generational? transformational engagement in union with one another to see something dynamically begin to impact our cities in such a powerful way. In fact, I think some of the stuff that's going on in the earth right now and some of the, you know, the, the, the workings of the adversary to divide and to, to pull apart generations is, is the, the, the devil's trump card to try to stop what God is really up to. And that's why he's raising up fathers and mothers. Doesn't, there's no relativism there as it relates to age to be a father and mother. It's having a heart for the next generation who in turn that next generation has a heart for the next generation and so on and so forth. And we are journeying not in some linear reality, but we are journeying in a cyclical reality with Jesus all up in the center of our stuff to see our cities changed. Because you know, I had a question, I mean, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mean, why didn't he call himself the God of Noah? And what's Noah's son? Bart, help me. (laughs) Sam, uh, the God of, uh, you know, Adam and Abel. I mean, he could have named himself a lot of different names, right? But the reason, and and this is is my punchline here, and we're going to look at this briefly. The reason he called himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is because of the covenant that he made with them. This agreement that he set in motion with one person just saying yes. Now, how many of you know that Abraham wasn't a church-going guy, right, when he was being raised up? In fact, the Bible says that he was the son of an idol-maker. So we oftentimes get these perspectives in our mind about people that are being used by the Lord that, wow, they were always just this perfect person in God and, you know, they, they had no fault and they, they, you know, they had full perspective on all of the things having to do, that was the farthest thing to, from the truth with Abraham. And we don't even know theologically if he was the first person that God asked to say yes to this invitation to go on a journey. But what we do know is he is the one that did say yes. And we see this in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 where the Lord says to Abram, at the time his name was Abram, it was gonna be changed. He said, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now here's the kicker. God wasn't gonna lay out every detail for him in this journey. He just gave him a generalized word. And I think that was actually the gift of God to him. Like I, I was thinking about it like, I am so glad that Jesus didn't show me all the things that were going to happen to me in ministry before I said yes, right? I mean, the same thing can be true of marriage. It's like, you know, you're a googly in love, and, and man, there's this, this invitation, and you're feeling the big yes, and you have this picture and this image of what it's going to be like, but you don't know what you're really going into, And it's good because if you did, you probably would back out of the deal. Right? I mean, Bart and I were reminiscing about some things last night. I was like, man, why didn't they have a seminary class on that? You know, (laughs) I mean, I now as I'm mentoring young guys, like, man, there's theology all up in it, but trust me, man, I'm going into life realities, like of what you're going to face as a leader and so on and so forth, in this journey of laying down your life for a bunch of friends who at times are your enemies. Can I get an amen? Thank God Abraham didn't know what he was going into in many ways. But thank God that he said yes. He told him, he said, listen, in this journey, I'm gonna tell you one thing. You're gonna become a great nation because of your yes. Think about this. We think, church, we think that tipping points are all about the multitudes. And tipping points are never about the multitudes. They're about the one that in their spirit, private little place, says yes, and something is set in motion by that yes that they don't even know what has been set in motion. He said, because you've said yes, I'm going to set something in motion that will never be stopped. Now, you need to hear this, church, because the kingdom of God, whether we realize this or not, even in America where it's kind of plateaued, maybe on a decline, maybe post-Christian in so many ways, the kingdom of God has been set in motion, and it is ever-increasing. It is ever-getting stronger. It is ever-building, ever-rising in the earth through you and me. And every day that we say our yes, a great nation in the heart of God, is being formed by the power of a spirit. He said, I'm going to make your name great, and you're going to be a blessing. You're going to be a blessing. In fact, so much so that in you, this is profound, this is powerful. I don't know if we realize the reality of us and our positioning, whatever cities, whatever spheres that God's put us into. He says, man, I'm going to bless all of the families of the earth through you, Abraham. So think about this, and and let's ponder this today. Like, Abraham was to be a recipient. He was to receive the blessing. He was to be a receptacle, to to be a blessing. He was to be a transmitter, a medium of the blessing going to other people. It was all of those things. I love it because that's so balanced that so often we think, man, we're just in this for what we can do for everybody. No, it's, it starts with you, man. You are going to first and foremost receive what God has for you. Then you're going to hold it. You're going to contain it. It's going to begin to continue to grow in you. And then you're going to begin to transmit this everywhere you go to the lives that you meet, to the people that you impact. We have no, no understanding, really, I'm, I'm trying to grasp this myself, of the, the power of the gospel that resides on the inside of us, that is not of ourselves, but of, as of him. And then you think about Isaac, the son who steps into the initial manifestation of the promise. I mean, Abraham was the one who said yes, out of obedience, but then Isaac, that impossible miracle was the initial manifestation of the promise into the earth, right? And what's what's profound, and I thought about this, is I, I, he knew that. He knew that. He knew that the promise that this nation was going to be as numerous as the stars of the sky, he was... A star himself. He was one of those bright lights that were now shining in the earth. But I thought about this too like, haven't there been times where, though we understand that the promise is real and that it's been set in motion with our lives, we're like kind of going, Where are the other stars? Where's the movement of this promise? I know it, but I feel alone. I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give them these lands. This longing for greatness, but not yet seeing it. And then we see, of course, the life of Jacob, and we could take messages on each of these characters, but whose name is ultimately changed to Israel, and it's the fulfillment of the promise. He's a, a prince, and I don't like this word, who has been in process... Don't ever pray for patience. <laughs> I'm glad didn't, God didn't tell me that it was going to be a process. It was going to be a lifelong journey of his workings in our hearts. There's some times and things that we're not even able to go there with Jesus, but man, he knows and he's going to... But I want you to think about Jacob for a minute. Like, this guy... In Genesis 32, 24, it says that he began to wrestle with God. <laughs> Holy cow, that's, talk, I mean, come on. God holds the, the, the planets in the palm of his hand, and Jacob's like, I'm going to enter into a wrestling match with this guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's in this process, and, and there, man, he's not seeing it. He's not feeling it. There's some serious questions in his heart, man. He's longing for conversation. He's trying to work out all of his theology, and man, he sees God there, and he's like, you and me, big daddy, you know what I mean? And they enter into this this wrestling match. And it says that he stayed in this wrestling match. This is beautiful language. Until the dawn began to break. Did you know that in the Jewish culture, the day is broken up into two realities, and it actually starts at, Darkness, sunrise, sunset, sorry. Sunset. The first 12 hours of the day go till dawn. But oh, when dawn comes up and the light begins to break forth out of the darkness. That's why when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, do you remember they're asking him, How did you do this? How was this miracle even possible? And he said to them, aren't there 12 hours in the day? Come on, there's 24 hours in the day. What was Jesus saying? He said, listen, the light of the world has just broken in to the darkness. And the darkness cannot comprehend it, nor can it you know, keep the reality of the beauty of God from coming into the earth. And through men wrestling with God through the challenges of life. He says, I'm going to let this thing break in because I see their hunger. When they touch their hip, they'll have a humility, which is beautiful, by the way, a brokenness that they know that this is only for me. So here's my question for you as we wrap this up. Where do you find yourself today? And you need to know where you are because here's the thing. You could be that in that place of saying yes again. Like I'm talking to Bart, like, you guys are going in, in this beautiful, new beautiful direction. And for him, it's like another yes moment, right? For some of you, you might be in the place where you're like, man, I, I know what God's called me. I, I, I get what's inside of me. The others may be in a wrestling point. It's, it's, and, and I just want to say that, man, you'll, you'll be in different spaces, at different seasons of your life. And it just continues to flow. It continues to, to move, if you will. But where are you? And how do you how do you view and process this thing called the journey of life? I want to close with this. Two or three days before Jesus goes to the cross, he's having this debate with these unbelieving Sadducees who didn't um, believe that there was any resurrection. Now it's really important context here because they approach Jesus in verse. 23 of chapter 22. And they pose this question. They said, if a man dies and his oldest brother marries his wife, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? They go on and they begin to, you know, and then if he, if there's seven brothers and the other next brother dies, and then he marries his wife and on and on. And then they say, man, so, so when, when heaven comes or when the resurrection comes, whose wife is this going to be? And, Jesus responds to them in verse 31. He says, but concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken by God? And look what he says. He says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am all up in the center of the journey of your life no matter where you find yourself. And I am so powerful in the midst of your journey that I am the God of the living and not the dead. Now, that's really important, church. You've got to hear me in this. Because he's talking to a bunch of guys that don't believe in the resurrection, the resurrection of the dead. Paul said, our preaching... And everything that we have to say is in vain if the resurrection is not true, if it's not real. If God is not able to raise the dead. So here's the deal. In their unbelief, they're kind of challenging Jesus because they don't, listen to me, you gotta, I'm closing this out, They don't want him to be embarrassed by what he's given his life to. And pretty soon, this guy's going to hang on the cross. It's going to look like all hope is lost, and they're going to say, I told you so. Because really, these religious people, to them, this whole thing was a joke, And he's reminding them that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he set that name up as a memorial to all generations. In fact, the ones that had gone before and the ones that were living. What's going on behind the scenes here? Going back to the covenant reality. we got to understand that God, when he set this covenant in place with Abraham, Though he was making it with Abraham, he actually was making it with himself. Look at this: as the sun was going down, Genesis fifteen twelve, Abraham Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a deep, terrifying darkness came over him. And after the sun went down, verse seventeen. Abraham saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the two halves of the carcasses. So when they would make a covenant back then, they would sacrifice an animal and the two parties would walk in agreement together through the blood spilled carcass. But instead, this time, God puts Abraham in a sleep and when he wakes up, he sees the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit lighting both of them, walking together through the, through the carcass. And though the agreement was being made with Abraham, God was making it with himself. Why? Because God knew that at the end of the day, man would fail him every single time. So he said, I'm going to set something in motion with myself. I'm going to include you in, Abraham, because of you saying yes. And we're going to walk this journey out, and this thing is never going to be stopped. It's never going to be stopped. Well, Darren, where am I today? How am I included into this promise? Did you know that you went into a deep, dark sleep as well? The Bible says that you were crucified with him on the cross. Oh, it gets even better. He says that you were buried with him. But when you came up out of that sleep, you saw God walking through the covenant of the sacrifice of his son with a flaming spirit on that boiling pot and on that torch and that thing jumped over onto your spirit and you don't even realize what's burning on the inside of you. And you were brought into this eternal momentum an unending story called the kingdom of God, called the rule of heaven through people's lives, through really knowing him by experience. I could tell stories, we're going into our 15-year anniversary next year, I could tell you stories of gut-wrenching pain and ecstatic happiness and joy in our journey. But I want to say this at the end of the day, through all of it, I have come to yada to know God through experience. And he is real. And he is powerful. And there's times I felt like, Abraham, I don't know where I'm going, but God, I'm saying yes. Three years ago, I had to say yes again. There was a moment when I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do pastoral ministry. Been there, done that, got that out of my system. You know? And God then called me again. I am asking you, Darren, will you say Yes. There's times when I'm like, man, I know the promise of God that's on the inside of me. There's other times when I'm wrestling with the Lord. God, I don't understand all this. But I'm not letting go. I'm going to hold on to you and I'm going to fight till the dawn. I'm going to fight till that beautiful, glorious gospel breaks out through my life. As fullness journeys for the next 25, remember this one thing. It is no longer you who lives. But Christ, who lives on the inside of you, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. been a beautiful 25 years, but it's going to be a beautiful 125 of Jesus tarries, and it's only going to get better, church. I'm going I bark come up. I just want to, you know, there's like windows on these messages, these times where there's like a grace, you know, I'm different communicator than Bart, different communicator than Jimmy, Different. We're all, there's all different graces on each. Greg, Jamie, none you will be preaching next weekend. But maybe today, maybe today, there was something that I said for some of you that it's time to re-up. For some of you, you've said yes, but you don't get what's in you. Some of you, you've done both, and you're rustling right now because there's been some stuff go down that you don't understand. And you'll cycle through all that. It's all good. But here's the deal. The resurrection is real. It already, we're not waiting for, it's already in you. There's life in you. You were dead. Now you're alive. It's raining in you. You're dangerous. Beautifully dangerous with love. wherever you go the leaven of heaven is on the inside of you now in your work at your home when you're at the park with the other moms with the kids the glory of jesus is reigning on the inside of you and it's unstoppable it's beautiful it's fragile oh man me and bart were talking about my mom her passing in september wow I'll end with this story. I remember going, because she was always, she was here when we had, you know, Savannah, and she'd come and stay with us. Every baby, she was there. She knew what we were giving our life to. She'd call us, and I was like, when she died, I was like, oh, Lord, I lost my intercessor. And I had a friend, true story. He texted me. He said, hey, I heard you lost your mom. He said, I was praying for you, and I saw an image of a beautiful young Barbara dancing with Jesus, if that's her name, and he wrote in parentheses. And he said, heaven has inherited a beautiful rose of Sharon, and he spelled it S-H-E-R-O-N. Well, that was her last name, being married to my my stepfather that he never would have known. And he said, here's what Jesus wants you to know, that she is alive in fullness and that she is interceding for you and championing for you from heaven with full perspective. Oh. It's worth it. It's all gonna make full sense one day, but trust me, your yes is good. Your knowing is good. Your wrestling is good. All of it's good. Carry on fullness. Carry on. Holy Spirit, would you touch every beautiful heart in this room where they find themselves today in this journey with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Would you set up an eternal memorial through your working experientially with their life that they would truly know you? And there would be transformational engagement all of the days of their life from glory to glory. We love you. We give Jesus a hand, guys. He is so awesome.